You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Coleman Power Organic Fitness Podcast. I have my latest guest, Maria Playas, and she is a nutritional therapist, and we're going to be talking about all things thyroid function. Maria, welcome to the show. Welcome to you. Thanks for taking me in the show, Coleman. I'm happy to be here. I'm after meeting Maria quite recently down at one of the retreats we're doing down in Skull, West Cork. And it was a pleasure to meet her. Actually picked her up in Skull on the way and she got the, we'll call it the first, uh, we had our first little chat. And that's when I said to myself, well, this would be an absolute brilliant way to get the listeners to know a little bit more about the thyroid function and Maria being an expert in that field that's why I brought her on to this week's episode. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm an expert but I've been working with thyroid issues for the past let's say maybe four or five years something like that and both like low thyroid and just autoimmunity on the thyroid and I had pretty good results so I'm happy to talk about this topic it's a very common topic <laughs> brilliant and and what we'll do is we'll start at the basics as well what is thyroid function and how does it affect the body and how do people uh, can you tell a little bit more about the listeners to your knowledge of what thyroid function really is well thyroid it's really much about everything in the body because it controls it monitors everything that's working in the body so it really, um, the metabolism depends on the thyroid. Um, your mood depends on the thyroid. How you digest can depend on the, on the thyroid. Um, your um, energy levels can depend on your thyroid. So if your thyroid doesn't work properly, your quality of life and the way you feel like generally can be very much impacted. So you really want your thyroid to be as optimal as it can. And obviously, because it's such a common um, issue to have, you know, imbalances in the thyroid, a lot of people will have uh, weight gain or will have anxiety, will lose hair, will have maybe skin rashes, digestive issues. So a lot of people wouldn't even know where to look for uh, when they have like anxiety issues, they might go and get, I don't know, antidepressants, or they might just, when they have weight issues, they just go and try all those a very restrictive diets and I'm really sure once you have this kind of imbalances you need to have a thyroid check because especially for women it's such a common issue for women um you you need to see if thyroid is you know it's in the picture or if it's just something else that's happening there how do you know if you have thyroid issues whether it be a male or a female for that matter because as you touched on already it is majorly uh, important for optimal health well, first of all, I think the best thing to do is to go to your GP and ask, ask them to have, have your values tested. So you would check for TSH, which is your um, the, the, one of the first markers the GP would test. And then FT4 and FT3, which are the thyroid hormones, uh, you need to have them uh, in their free form. So that's why it's important to have FT3 and FT4, not only T3 and T4. And Again, another two markers that will be very important to see, and uh, you probably need to ask very gently your, your um, GP to test for, the, for these two because they are not necessarily on the list, are the thyroid antibodies. So those will be uh, anti-TPO antibodies and anti-thyroglobulin antibodies. Those are two markers that you need to see because in the realm of thyroid issues, 
uh, probably 90% or probably even higher of the percentage is people with autoimmunity on the thyroid. So even if you have like slow thyroids, like the thyroid, that might be caused by an autoimmune problem and less just by a sluggish thyroid functioning. Right, which I suppose for yourself and myself being in the category of foods we believe have a major effect on your overall health. What foods negatively affect your thyroid function? And I suppose if you could expand on how maybe harsh chemicals such as glyphosate can affect your overall health and your thyroid. Oh, <laughs> of course. So glyphosate is a big topic here. And we already know it such a, has such a you know, negative impact on health overall, not only on thyroid. But because I think when you eat uh, you know, conventional uh, farming type of foods, which have been sprayed with glyphosate, uh, that will negatively impact your gut health. So you might be uh, at a higher risk of having you know, uh, intestinal permeability, leaky gut. And once you have leaky gut, you create, it's called the three-legged three stool kind of autoimmunity pattern. And the three-legged stool is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, um, a thing that has discovered by this Italian doctor that work on autoimmunity, uh, Alessio Fasano. And he was saying that you need to have three type of things to, to develop an autoimmunity issue on thyroid or on any type of uh, um, organ in the body. And that will be a genetical uh, predisposition, um, some sort of triggering event, and the third one is um, intestinal permeability. So if you eat something that you know, has been sprayed with glyphosate and you're at higher risk of developing um, leaky gut, then you, know, you have the three-leg stool and each one of these three-leg issues could be you know, imbalanced and then the, the stool will fall, right? So if you already predisposed, especially, and you get leaky gut, then you're very quickly developing, you know, an autoimmune disease and, or some sort of other type of inflammatory issue. So leaky gut is a major issue in, the, in this. And obviously glyphosate is, is, is a big, big aspect of, of leaky gut for sure. Yeah, and in most people's diet, that's the thing. There's not enough people consuming organic produce which doesn't, it's forbidden in the use of the production of any of fruits or vegetables. And that's what's actually used in the speeding up and the ripening of grains, such as oats. And I do recommend oats to people steeping them over yeah. right firstly, but organic oats, and it's the simple switch over from your diet. And as well as that fruits and vegetables that uh, we typically eat the skin of is so important to eat organically. And that's suppose at least- oh, for sure. Yeah, made out, made out each year, that dirty dozen and the clean 15. So important, yeah. I recommend so important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if we, you mentioned things that would impact gut permeability, so apart from glyphosate, um, I know this is kind of a tricky and delicate subject, uh, but uh, a lot of people would react to gluten. So a lot of the people having issues with thyroid issues would impact to gluten, would react to gluten. It, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something connected to celiac disease. So it's not a very strong, like, you know, allergy but it could be something like a gluten sensitivity or gluten, gluten intolerance, and it's kind of hard to test it. Uh, but a lot of people would go, oh, uh, if I eat gluten, I might feel a bit, you know, an, um, not, not um, some of them will have definitely digestive symptoms that they really connect to gluten. Some of them will have something else like um, skin issues or again, mood issues, anxiety issues. Uh, or just energy issues. And once they've been put on a gluten-free diet uh, for a while, 
uh, they will definitely feel better and they will definitely notice that, uh, you know, gluten can be a major, major problem in this. And I've worked with a lot of clients. Some of them really wanted to have that tested. And we do have some sort of functional tests that will test for, you know, gluten sensitivity, uh, not in Ireland, but abroad. And we, we can test that through, you know, you, you have a DHL bringing you the kit and you test at home. But even if you don't test, um, just by doing some sort of elimination diet, uh, they will see definitely a good impact on, on, on their general health. And if you have any sort of food sensitivities, gluten being just the first one, that will definitely kind of create a vicious cycle with leaky gut because it will impact on your gut, it will open those junctures, and then you're obviously going to get permeability. And then because of that, your body gets inflamed and it kind of can create uh, down the line more food sensitivities. So you really need to address this kind of aspect of gut health in order to um, kind of uh, impact positively your, your immune system if it's an autoimmune issue or your thyroid health if it's just a sluggish, sluggish issue, for sure. It's very interesting. And I suppose with Tosh touching on, is there any way of healing your gut? What uh, foods or what approaches would you come and recommend to people? So, well, for sure, eliminating the food that are causing the permeability in the first place, if it's just food, it's, the foods are not the only ones. We just mentioned glyphosate as well. It can be other infections or toxins or stress or trauma as well. But if you're talking about food sensitivities, obviously taking out the foods that are causing this problem is the first step. And afterwards, you have to work on the healing. So all the, you know, I, I know we, we talked as well. And when we met, you made us that amazing uh, cucumber kind of <laughs> uh, sauerkraut and all that stuff. So um, fermented foods are really great uh, for, for healing the gut. Um, coconut yogurt, or if you're not allergic to dairy or sensitive to dairy, uh, normal yogurt, uh, kefir, uh, all those like bone broth are really good. Like it contains all those good amino acids, the glutamine, uh, collagen, you know, uh, so glycine, all those good uh, amino acids are really, really healing for the gut. Um, maybe a nutritional deficiency, so vitamin A, vitamin D, zinc, uh, if you are uh, depleted in these ones, definitely they can impact your, your um, permeability as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so you need to, to focus on, you know, eating uh, antioxidant rich foods, the uh, fermented foods for, for um, having the, the right kind of uh, probiotics from your food and uh, having the right uh, beneficial flora coming from just your foods, not necessarily supplementing that as well, but you need to, we need to cover the basic first. <laughs> your gut health is so important because it's literally oh my connected God, yes. to everything in our, in our bodies. And not enough people actually realize that, that there's more microorganisms found in your stomach than there are cells in your body. Yeah, there is actually a, a book called 10% Human because this is what we are. We are 10% human, right? The rest of it is bacteria <laughs> and a bit of viruses that live in, in good symbiosis and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, are, we have less cells in our body than, than bacteria for sure. So we need to have a good relationship with our uh, guests and <laughs> neighbors, I guess. <laughs> Totally. There are some topics that you want to kind of further expand on that you have a couple of pointers there in front of you if you want to even go towards a couple of those in this week's. 
Yeah, so I thought I will I will touch upon maybe a bit more on nutritional deficiencies because this is a major thing that can I can see with with people who have thyroid issues, and some of them could be as I mentioned like as well before. But zinc is a major one, so it can impact how you how you use your thyroid hormones, how you convert your uh, FT4 to FT3, and again, it's it's good for gut health. And then selenium, a lot of people are, de are depleted or, or, you know, deficient in selenium and selenium definitely impacts both how you produce your hormones and also the level of your antibodies. And for selenium, unfortunately, uh, eating something that's rich in selenium is not always the solution because we really don't know how much selenium is in there. I know the recommendation is to eat like two or three Brazilian nuts per day. <laughs> and, and that obviously might work, but because we don't know how much selenium is in that uh, nut, because uh, you know the richness of the, of the Brazilian nuts depends on the richness of the soil. And if the soil is not a good soil and, or you can really check it, then it's kind of hard to measure how much selenium you get into your diet just by the Brazilian nuts. So uh, you probably need to test selenium levels to see where you're at. But if you're not able to test selenium levels, I think a good supplement based on selenium, like selenomethionine, which is really high, avail high bioavailability, you can try that and, and supplement with that. And then iron, a lot of people are deficient in iron. And if it, that happens, obviously, because thyroid is uh, responsible for your metabolism, Sometimes what happens is that if your thyroid is sluggish or it's low or is attacked by your immune system and then it doesn't function properly. So the result is still the same. You don't secrete the right, the right uh, gastric juices. So you don't have enough hydrochloric acid. And if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, then you wouldn't be able to absorb and take away from your foods the B12 uh, and iron as well. So a lot of people have a deficiency in iron. And iron, again, is very much uh, a, one of the minerals that it's really good for. It's, it's very used in the thyroid function. So you need to have that, those levels you know, uh, up there. And obviously, a lot of people would complain with hair loss. And uh, iron uh, can be one of the causes of hair loss as well. That's so and important, then, Maria. Yeah, we'll yeah. try to unpack it. So what you've recommended yeah. <laughs> for your just we'll slow it down for simply. Yes. We have zinc that you're recommending. You have selenium and iron. I suppose yes. that you're recommending also to get your blood checked. It's kind of like knowing oh, where sure. you are, what your starting point is, and improving on just that. And that's what I do with people as well. And you do the same. You look at what they're currently eating, and then you improve. You try and improve on areas that they're they're low in with at low energy levels looking at the thyroid function low iron levels linked massively with low energy levels and with women needing double the amount because their menstruation cycle is so exactly. important to have their have incorporated into their diet so what zinc foods would you recommend towards people and what iron foods are you recommending so for for zinc i would go a lot with uh, maybe you know seafood <laughs> so a lot of seafood that it's very uh, easily absorbable um, or if people are you no know, towards the vegetarian side, definitely pumpkin seeds or, you know, on, on the seeds level. Now you have to be careful with seeds because people with thyroid, they might have some sort of sensitivity to seeds and seeds are also very high in lectins and phytates. Uh, so uh, you, you need to maybe, you know, there is an entire process of how you um, are able to digest seeds better and you need to soak them or sprout them to have them you know, reduce their amount of phytates and lectins. Uh, so you could do that with your seeds and nuts, but pumpkin seeds are great for, for zinc for sure. They have a high quantity of zinc. 
Uh, and then for iron, probably the best food out there is liver. <laughs> I know Irish people are not very fond of eating liver, but uh, you can make pate, you can make different way of hiding the liver in different recipes. So uh, uh, liver for sure is one of the highest. And then if not, you can have, you know, all the dark green leafy veggies that are very rich in iron as well. And they, they have also the, the C vitamin in there, which you need uh, uh, for, in order to absorb better the iron from the foods. So when you have leafy veggies, you have you know, the, the, full, the full package. <laughs> the <laughs> full, we have both the vitamin C and the iron. That's why so, we're going to be best friends because we're literally talking yeah. about the same thing. And I, when yeah. you recommend the vegetables to people, I'm like, yes, go worry, yes. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you know, like, like they say, if you want to be healthy, you need to, your, your diet has to be mostly made out of plants and uh, obviously unprocessed food, mostly plants, plants and uh, a good few sources of uh, animal protein and healthy fats as well. Uh, so plants need to be, you know, the basis of your diet, regardless of what sort of diet you're having. Even if your diet is rich in meat, uh, the plants have to at least occupy half of your plates every single meal. So half of your plate needs to be full of veggies for sure. And why would you recommend that for fiber, for antioxidants, for everything? Yes, everything. Fiber, vitamins, oxidants, uh, polyphenols. Um, yeah, everything. <laughs> Um, and obviously, uh, if you eat plants, those are naturally lower in glycemic index, apart from potatoes, but obviously if you don't eat a lot of sweets, potatoes are necessarily an issue by themselves. So that will also keep your blood sugar level balanced and fiber will keep your blood sugar level balanced because it takes a while for your body to digest high, high rich fiber food. So um, yeah, it's just, uh, and you feed your gut flora with that fiber and yeah, it's, it's all connected and it's all very healing and healthy for your gut. And I suppose, right, is there a diet that you would lean towards? Have you ever done, we'll call it diets or the, we'll call it the vegetarian diet yourself or your vegan diet is there, and whatever diets you're currently on, do you recommend differently to what you currently do yourself? Uh, so this is a delicate subject because a lot of people will be very, uh, you know, decided on one type of diet or the other. I don't think that one diet fits everyone. Um, I think it really has, you have to look at what you absorb, how your digestion is, because you know what they say, I mean, they say you are what you eat, which is not exactly true. I mean, it is true, but it's not 100% true. It's not 100 accurate you are what you eat but you also are what you digest and absorb because if you eat and eliminate without uh, you know digesting and absorbing then that food is just out of your system and you don't get the good nutrition so i've been i've been vegetarian and vegan i played with different type of diets as well but probably because the way my body is built i have i wasn't absorbing the right nutrients and this is also an aspect that a lot of people would wouldn't consider which is what your genetical makeup and you need to test to see what your genes are and now in the last few years there is this a, lot, a big talk on you know epigenetics and nutrigenomics which is pretty much we have a few genes that our lifestyle and diet can impact on and for me at least i know that i don't absorb b12 really well from foods um, and if it's a B12 that comes from a vegetable foods, it takes longer or it's harder for the body to absorb it. 
So I know I would need either supplementation and I have here my, my B supplements always with me, uh, but I also need, uh, you know, good quality meat so that I could absorb B12 better from, from that. And vitamin Bs are, um, you know, are amazing for a lot of things in the body. We need, really need them to, in order to be healthy. So uh, before you decide I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to go vegetarian, you really need to know what your body needs or is able to do uh, from the foods you're, you're consuming. Uh, now, I'm, because I'm working with autoimmunity, the diet that is mostly used in autoimmunity is, as I said before, is a diet that it's, if people don't have um, huge digestive symptoms or issues, it's a high that's very high in uh, vegetable protein. So a lot of, uh, of leafy greens and a lot of vegetables, but also uh, good quality meats like organic mix, grass-fed beef and, you know, good fish, good salmon, if uh, wild, if you can get it well now, nowadays, it's a bit harder with, with toxins toxins and all that, but um, good fats, avocados, you know, um, coconuts, so all, all those good fats and, but meat for sure. So you need meat because of the collagen, because of the glucosamine, you need it to heal your gut. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, it's, it takes longer or it's much harder to be able to, to, to achieve the same thing you would achieve with the, uh, with, when, when you consume meat as well. But again, this is very much dependent on what your health issues are, and what your genetical makeup is for sure. Yeah, I suppose that's one of the main differences. If you are on a heavily plant-based diet or a vegan diet, we categorize it as you have to take supplements to get your daily recommended amounts of vitamins and minerals. And for the most part, I much prefer to have a whole food approach. And that's why yeah. I don't want to be put in the bracket of, oh, and when I get asked the question, it's Coleman, are you a vegan or vegetarian? Or what would diet would you like to put yourself into i don't like labels and i much prefer to i suppose exactly eat foods that are local that are fresh that benefit That's me it. you said That's exactly it. the words no two people are the same everybody's different why because everyone's got microorganisms are different we're all different ages we exercise at different rates at different tempos and that's really important to know there's no one shoe that fits every single body yeah, true. And sometimes like, I, I follow some people on, you know, social media, they're like raw vegans, they have been raw vegans for like 18 years or whatever, and they look like perfectly healthy. So some people can do that, and I actually admire them. But most people can't do that. And you can't just say, oh, you're not vegan, then you're not, you don't love animals enough, or I don't know, like that's, you, you, you can't have like a restrictive mindset, you have to be open, and you have to try on yourself and see what works for you. I felt really bad reintroducing meat in my diet. And I actually struggled because I lost the, you know, the texture. I didn't like the texture anymore, but I knew it was good for me. And the blood results afterwards, the testing showed that. So uh, you need to see what's, what, what, what works for you for sure. No, that, that's important. Testing bloods, testing and seeing what works is, uh, I suppose, paramount for, for optimal health. And that's, I suppose, what the two of us are trying to promote here. People living happier and healthier lives. And that's it for anyone to say that you should be a certain diet or follow a certain regime and not understand the way your body works is I suppose, irresponsible yeah yeah for sure and uh, yeah it's more a complex uh, topic here because we're entering the climate change and all that and again even here some say that you know uh, not necessarily <laughs> producing 
uh, meat is, is the most uh, impactful on the climate change. Maybe, you know, producing rice can be more impactful, but it's, it's a long topic. And again, I don't have all the elements either. I just know like you have to look first on what's good for you and then, you know, um, look around you as well. Uh, but yeah, um, as you said, like if we eat local, so you definitely reduce, you know, all the <laughs> pollution and all that, the transport of foods from, I don't know, we don't need to eat papaya for sure every day or bananas. We can eat, you know, apples and strawberries and blueberries and whatever we have here in Ireland. So again, and if it's organic, so you have, you know, respect and care of the soil, your, your, uh, growing your plants too that's definitely a, a huge impact on, on climate change as well so yeah that's that as well right uh, getting on i suppose to uh, thyroid function again and how can thyroid affect you, uh, affect your weight loss especially as we age and if anybody who suffers with thyroid issues could you expand on I suppose that point a little bit yeah so i had the most amazing results actually on that because if you have food sensitivities coming back to the conversation of food sensitivities uh, you tend to get inflamed and i had a lot of clients who just by giving up one food in their list of potential sensitivities they had they managed to lose like spectacularly a uh, lot of weight without doing a lot of effort now these are not most of my clients they'll be lovely to be most of my clients but i had those cases as well some have to do more tweaks and ticks like because you you have water retention when you when you are inflamed so a lot of weight loss can be just that, just water retention, not necessarily like, you know, fat necessarily. Um, so you, you lose a lot when you reduce your inflammation. And because I was saying like thyroid is responsible on your metabolism. So you really need to make sure your thyroid levels are accurate. You should have your TSH. Um, there are different levels of uh, how you look at thyroid. Uh, I believe most, most normal ranges in Ireland are up to 4.2, I think, but you definitely want to have your TSH at least below 2.5. So that's kind of the optimal level between one and two, 2.5, according to some other specialists. And if your thyroid is, you know, within those optimal ranges, then everything works better. So you need to make sure you keep those levels within, within you know, an optimal range. And the same for FT4 and FT3. Uh, some GPs wouldn't test for FT3, they would just test for TSH and FT4, but FT3 is actually the only active hormone that our body actually uses. And I have a lot of clients who suffer from what it's called uh, cellular hypothyroidism, which means they might have good TSH, good enough FT4, but then their FT3 levels are low, uh, which means that because there is inflammation, the cells are not really open to receive the thyroid. So you, or you don't have, um, or your liver or your kidney or some other organs in your body that uh, do convert FT4 to FT3. Um, so if your liver is sluggish, your bile is sluggish, or your kidneys are not exactly working how they should, then you don't get the conversion properly. And then your FT3 levels are low. And then you have that cellular hypothyroidism, regardless of the fact that the other levels are good. So again, you need to check your levels. You need to see where your TSH is at. And even if it's not the most sensitive marker, you still need to have it within optimal ranges and then check the other levels as well. And obviously stress impacts and um, blood sugar levels are really a, a huge issue with a lot of people. And especially now after, you know, being in lockdown for so long, a lot of people kind of forgot about exercising and eating healthy. And if you have what we call the blood sugar roller coaster, so you have, you know, 
uh, this glycemia caused by um, uh, diabetes too high in carbs or something like that. That will stress your adrenals and adrenals are part of your immune or your endocrine system. So adrenals will uh, stress negatively your thyroid. And again, if you have stress, which is just normal stress, daily stress from work or whatever's happening in your life, those, th that levels will, those levels will impact your adrenals and the adrenals will impact your thyroid. So again, that will stress your adrenals. So when somebody comes to you, so comes to me um, uh, with, a, with a thyroid issue, you have to look to see what stress is what, if it's diet, if it's lifestyle, if it's you know stress or if it's lack of sleep i know and we talked about this already of uh, <laughs> of the podcast about how good it is to go to bed very early and wake up early and keep your circadian circadian rhythm like properly there when it should be uh, because if you go to bed at after midnight and you don't get the proper sleep or you wake up during the night then obviously you wake up already with your adrenals being stressed out and that just goes downhill from there, obviously, because you stress your thyroid and then maybe a thyroid stresses your sex hormones. And uh, it's just uh, uh, it's, it's, um, the reproductive hormones are also part of, part of the endocrine system. So you kind of get a lot of um, imbalances from there, for sure. Everything is linked, whether it be your foods, your sleep, your lifestyle, what you're doing on a regular basis. And it's asking Everything. people asking people, what are you currently doing right now? Whether they're, uh, I'm coaching them or you're mentoring them. The whole idea of it is it's literally, you're sitting down with that individual. What are you doing the moment you get up? What food are you having first thing in the morning? What time are you eating it? What are you doing? What are you working at? Or whether you're doing a thesis, whether you're doing a, a highly stressful job, are you constantly on your phone? Are you listening to the news on a regular basis? Are you listening to doom and gloom, negativity? And exactly. as a result of that, are you getting outside? And what time are you going to bed at? What are you doing before you go to bed? Are you doing stretches? Are you exercising on a regular basis? What exercises are you doing? Should you be doing those type of runs are they elevating your heart rate it causing more stress or should you be doing lower intensity with slightly added weights whether it be dumbbells or kettlebells these are such an important thing to look into yeah yeah you're right and a lot of people will ask me what type of exercise should i do to lose weight and i'm like where well, you're right with your exercise because i can't say to, i can't tell somebody you have to do you know hit exercises or you know very uh, weightlifting exercises if their levels are like if they're not really good even for going out for a walk so you have to look where that, that person is at and start slowly and increasing slowly so they wouldn't get more depleted and, you know, energized. And obviously, if you're the second day or the third day, you can't really get out of bed because you're completely wrecked after you've done one day of exercise. And obviously, what you've done, it's not, you're not supposed to do that. You should, you know, take it slowly, go for walks, go for power walks or Pilates or something like that. Like, don't go full immersion right away. Uh, even if we really want to see, you know, results very quickly, uh, that can kind of turn <laughs> and hit us in our back if we do it very quickly, because you tend to get depleted, your adrenals get depleted, and then your thyroid um, gets depleted. It's really kind of a sweet spot for everything. And uh, there is also another aspect that I, aspect that I would like to, to talk about, because you mentioned weight loss. A lot of people now are looking into intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is amazing and uh, there's so many good benefits to that and you have autophagy if you eat for if you fast for more than a few hours uh, more than 15 or 14 depending on who you're talking to uh, so 
a lot of people go, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm not feeding myself from, I don't know, six to 12 or whatever. Um, but then if you have a thyroid issue, uh, that can definitely impact your thyroid uh, functioning. So just be aware that even if it's healthy for most people or it's good for most people, if you have a thyroid issue, you need to take it slowly as well. And you shouldn't go you know, overboard. So I think the 16 to eight kind of ratio is the most you can do. Uh, don't go overboard from there. Like don't go 18 to six or 20 or 24 uh, for intermittent fasting because that really can impact your thyroid. And I had clients who came to me after they done, you know, challenges or whatever they've saw online of, you know, OMAD or one meal a day or whatever for a few days or a few weeks. And then uh, their thyroid was like completely wrecked and they, they felt worse despite having done all those sacrifices and, you know, being very careful over the eight. So again, for everything, there's like a sweet spot. And if you have thyroid issues or if you have, you know, some other sort of imbalance, you need to see how it works for you and how much you can, you know, you can push or, you know, you can work around that to have the maximum benefit. Yeah. Pete before you understand your body and understand what foods benefit you it's so important not to pick a diet and that's what i try and emulate in this podcast or posts or things we're so unique and for you to just be because someone put up a post intermittent fasting is the new diet for weight loss that's what we <laughs> all should be doing it improves your cognitive function it helps you sleep it actually is something that we we designed for years. We should have fast for periods and then we found some meats and fruits and berries and then we all ate food together and then we didn't eat too close to bed. Why? Because it's a huge digestion process that is carried out in the body. People are missing out on the, the huge thing. We're so unique. And yeah. that's the thing about it. You can't just paint everyone with the same brush. No, you can't. <laughs> That's a nice expression. Yeah, painting everyone in the same brush is really wrong and it's kind of also monocolor. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I suppose I want to finish in with a kind of a, a three tips for improving your thyroid function. If you could put it in, I suppose, the A, the B, the C, what would your three tips be to uh, the general public? So uh, be aware of what food uh, can cause you any sort of symptoms. So if you can do for yourself before going to any type of practitioner, uh, create some sort of food and mood diary and you can figure out what food causes what to you. Um, be aware that gluten, dairy and soy, if you are having thyroid issues, can be one of the major ones. Uh, this is one tip. A second tip would be be very much aware of your um, sleep patterns and your sleep, sleep hygiene, what is called a sleep hygiene. So no, uh, you know, not no blue light before um, sleeping, no, no social media, not, no phone, no TV, but two hours before sleeping so you wouldn't raise your cortisols. Your cortisol levels too high and you need to be able to secrete your melatonin. So do that and uh, try to go to bed at least before 11, maybe 10, but a lot of people would say 10 is impossible, but let's say before 11. So you get those eight hours of sleep. And third one, move a little bit every day. Uh, get out in the sun. If there is no sun, get out in the light. Uh, open those curtains as soon as you wake up. So you get that um, cortisol awakening response, which is very healthy for you in the first five minutes you wake up. 
open the open the blinds, look at the sun, go out for a walk. If you can do those 10,000 steps a day, it's great. If you can't as much as you can, each day is better than, you know, you're always beating the people who are staying home and stay on the couch. So get a bit of movement, get a bit of sun, uh, eat good food locally, preferably locally, locally grown and be aware of your food sensitivities and get good sleep. <laughs> well, Maria, that was an absolute cracker, I suppose, of a way to wrap it up. And the three tips to even recap them are be aware of your food, your sleeping pattern is so important, reducing your stress, exercise in and outside as much as you possibly can towards your fitness goal. And I suppose if you let the listeners, where's the best place for them to contact you on your social medias? And I'll be putting in the show notes anyway, but just call them out here. Yeah, so my name is Maria Playas. My surname is a bit harder to, to remember, but you can find me at mariaplayas at gmail.com. That's my email. And on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Maria Playas Nutrition, or on Instagram at Maria Playas Nutrition. My website is still a work in progress, so it's going <laughs> to be up probably in a couple of months or so. But you can find me on social media or via email for sure. And we can chat there if you have more questions or if you want to look more in detail into your um, uh, thyroid issues. Well, I tell you, that's a good way as ever. We'll be putting those all in the show notes. And Maria, thanks very much for coming on to the show. And I always uh, finish up these podcasts by saying, stay tuned, stay classy, and keep it organic.